Apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event locked it in. Every Saturday at 10. The overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got your missing wave. Feet a step and late. Keep your guard up feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight. Then retaliate. Put up your duke. Stick and move. Bob and weave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round. Bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs yes it is jared jones joe aguire thrilling jabs part of the cmg sports podcast network not going to have Big Jace Garcia here today, but that is all right. Although he did sort of throw a monkey wrench into the plans. But thank goodness uh, Tony will uh, will step up. We're going to continue our all-time pound-for-pound goat tournament in just a minute. But first, uh, Curtis Blades and Chris Dawkins. Man, I you know, I wanted to think, Jared, that Dawkins had a shot. It was clear, and I know this dude's on the rise, and and he still might be able to do something, but he's not in the league of a uh, Curtis Blades yet, and Curtis Blades isn't even necessarily in the top top of this division. I think this really tells you where Dawkins is. Oh, absolutely! And anybody getting this late of a jump would uh, should be proud to be to have made it as far as he has. Listen, I'm in the same boat. I wanted I wanted to believe Dawkins could win, and as soon as the fight starts, you're going, puncher's chance is as good as it gets with this guy <laughs> because maybe they trade and he hits him while he's swinging. But otherwise, this, this is going to be a tough fight, and it was, and he lost. And uh, I think that's what we assumed would happen. I, I thought the, the uh, numbers were too high. 
We all picked blades, but I said Dawkus on the on the money line because the plus numbers were too big. Uh, turned out not to be the case, but yeah, dominant dominant performance from Blades. It's what you would expect if if he wants to be considered in that upper echelon. I don't see him there. You you know, here's the thing. I think that's going through my head is was this uh, Curtis Blades has been fighting well since the loss to Lewis. Was you know what I'm like? This is one of those where I'm like, is Blades that much better than Dawkins, or is Dawkins just not ready for this level yet? Again, this is a guy who been doing it full time for like a year or so now. Well, you know, I think to to be fighting again, you know, Blades is in the top five, top three, whatever. But there, there's a, again, I think another situation right where Far Cry uh, to the to the top two guys. I, I'm I'm trying to figure out because you know, look, here's here's what this comes down to, Jared, right? Blades has already lost to Francis Ngannou twice. Twice. And he's lost to Lewis. And I don't love his chances against Zero God. Uh, I don't like his chances against Stipe. I don't like his chances against John Jones, if that were to ever happen. I know you don't like to hear that name. We don't have to even touch on that any more than that. I'm just not sure that that. Does Blades get another shot at the title? Is that something that yeah. I like the guy? I kind of, but I don't, you know, it's weird. Well, being that his only losses are the knockout to Lewis. And let's be fair. Blades and Lewis fight every weekend or every three months for the next two and a half years. And they fought 10 times. How many does Blades and how many does Lewis win? I'm saying it's six to four, five to five. These are close. Somebody's getting knocked out nine out of 10 times, and it's going to go either way. So if you remove that and say the only guy he ever lost to is Blades twice, and then, or is, uh, excuse me, Ngannou twice, and then the one loss to Lewis, I say, yes, yeah, Cyril Gunn is the perfect opponent for Blades. Let's figure out who belongs there in the conversation with Ngannou. Um, you can't really give it either one of them an Ngannou fight right now. And I love them fighting each other. And I, and I agree with you, Cyril Gaon beats Curtis Blades and is that upper echelon guy where Blades is more of a gatekeeper. Yep. Uh, Tony says it doesn't look good for the division as Blades moves up. We've already seen he's no match for Francis. And that is the thing in both fights. It was a slaughter, um, I want to say Blades is a better fighter now. I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if he's better than he was when he fought in Ganu. Uh, definitely the first time, but the second time, you know, he was, I, I, I think he's still at where he was there. So again, I don't see it. Uh, then he says, Dawkins isn't at that level yet, like Wilder or Marciano. If you're going to start in combat sports late, you have to have something special. And I don't think Dawkins has that. And I, I, I tend to agree, you know, uh, I, I totally can't think of Shuey's name. Um, uh, Ty Ty Avasi. Mm. Uh, you know that guy's got something. Mm. He's he's not in great shape. He doesn't, but he's got he's got something about him, and I just don't see that with Dawkins. No, that was a that was a rough main event for him, and uh, yeah, yeah. Is this his ceiling? Is he going to get any better? That was his title fight. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think this. Yeah, was... I, I don't see where you know maybe maybe if 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 Lewis keeps losing to fighters, maybe that's a fight 
a year from now, if Dawkins could beat him, maybe he can get relevant again. But I, they're not putting this guy in a main event anytime soon against any of the top heavyweights. There's, it doesn't make any sense. But good for Curtis Blades. I, I'd like to see something uh, for Curtis Blades. I, I really do. Yeah, uh, Francis started too late, uh, but he's also a monster mm. and, a, and a completely different animal. So, yes. All right. Uh, we've been doing the all-time pound-for-pound goat tournament. What a Jason, I think, best ideas of all time. And yet, this is what he gives us as a 116. I don't even know what to do with myself here. Uh, number one seed is George St. Pierre, and the 16 is Kamara Usman. Why is that the 16? I hate that. I don't understand that. But this is this is Jace. This is what he does. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't love this at all. This is terrible. But this is what we're faced with. It's a tough one because, you know, listen, there's a lot of talk. Is he the best welterweight of all time? Is he better than George St. Pierre? And I think the problem as of right now, Jared, is we don't know yet. We still got. It, it, he's the guy's in the prime of his career. It's my Canelo Baturbiev argument where body of work right now, you take Canelo, even though I think every day between when they were born and today, Baturbiev would be Canelo. You got to take the guy with the. Yeah, well, for, for real, I'm not sure I like GSP at one, and I'm not sure I like Usman at 16. I, I yeah. Th- this could be the 8-9 matchup. I wouldn't be mad. Right? Who did this? Who decided this seating? This is what happens when you let when you let him do this by himself. <laughs> Should have had more say in the seatings. Um, I'll be honest. I've never been – I've never felt like George St. Pierre was great. I get. I just felt like he was very over. I, and, I, and I know there's plenty of people that think that too. But if I were to hold up his whole body of work currently against Kamara Usman, I'm saying I think Kamara one day will be better than him. But we're doing this right now. And since we're doing it right now and the body of work is, is incomplete at this point, it's really difficult. I'm going to say obviously St. Pierre here, but I, I don't like it. Yeah. I, I am in the same exact boat word for word. Yeah. I'll take GSP. I think Usman is in a position to eventually pass him, but total body of work right now today, as much as I hate this, it has to be GSP. Take the word. Yeah. That is a bummer. This is like uh, if Gonzaga was a 16 seed 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, man, this team's getting really good. Are they going to be great? And they're like, yeah. So there we go. Thanks. Thanks for that, Jace. Way to put us in a spot right off the top. Usman has had as many fights at welterweight as St. Pierre had title defenses. Body of work. <laughs> thanks, Tony. Thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks for undermining us a little bit there. All right. Uh, <laughs> You got to do it, though, but that's a terrible seating. Uh, I do like this. This is a fantastic 8-9 and nine, Daniel Cormier, Randy Couture. Both of these guys won belts in two divisions. Mm. That's part of why I like it. Yeah. This is a great one. This is really great. Uh, you know, I, I think when you look at Again, I'm I'm gonna just say body of work overall. 
I think Randy Couture. I I have to give him. I I really do love DC, and I love DC's um, broadcast as well. I know he gets a lot of crap from people. I think he's fantastic, but I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go Couture here. I think Couture is the lean on this one. I also feel like Tony, you might have to you might have to weigh in on this one because Jared's definitely thinking hard on this. Um, with obviously Cormier being uh, who he was. Well, so. he lost to Stipe and John Jones. Yeah, not bad. Who then canceled and no contest. One, two, three in a row. Um, and Couture lost to... <coughs> let me... <clears throat> Ensign Inouye, Macau, Lickalingan, Valentijan, Overeem. That's a different Overeem, Valentijan. Uh, Josh Barnett, Rico Rodriguez, Vitor Belfort, Chuck Liddell, Chuck Liddell, Brock Lesnar, Antonio Nogueira, and Leota Machida. <sighs> I'm taking Daniel Cormier. <laughs> He's 19 and 11 versus 22 and 3. And he beats Stipe. Two of those losses he avenged. He's got a win over Stipe. And I think he beats John Jones if they fight all four of those scheduled fights. Uh, this is Cormier and also at the, um, at the height, I think Iceman was better than Couture and I don't think anybody was better than Cormier at his height. Uh, um, Iceman was smaller, but yeah. I'm taking Cormier and I'm interested to see what happens in the tiebreaker here. I like the old school of Couture, but when you lose 11 fights, you know, yeah, going up against a multiple weight class champion who lost to two different guys in his whole life. Arguably. All right. No, you're you're definitely you're definitely right. It was a different time too, though. Yes. You know, so I I I try to take that into account. Uh, what do you say, Tony? What do you got? I'm going Cormier as well. Randy's an all-time great, but he could randomly lose when he shouldn't have. Yeah, I'll be honest. I I don't I don't have a problem getting voted out here. Uh, the more I'm thinking on it, I'm kind of glad you guys got me there. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think this one is a little more obvious. I certainly think an arguing if he made it five and twelve here, the number five seed. Again, a, a, an all-time great in Anderson Silva versus BJ Penn. I like BJ Penn. There's this just is our one sixteen matchup, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Like no doubt about it. This would be. This should have been that <laughs> swap. Like two. yeah, um, right. Listen, um, longest reign at middleweight in history in Anderson Silva. And again, I mean, BJ Penn's got a decent re resume, but he, he also kind of got, you know, cast off the Bellator. Mm. Whereas most other guys didn't. So I don't know. And again, this is a 500 fighter ish, you know, BJ Penn, his, Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine losses in his last 10 fights. 
three to Frankie Edgar. Ryan Hall, guess what? Heel hooked him in the first round. Clay Gleason, yep. so Yadier Rodriguez, Rory McDonald's. And then you go down, you find GSP twice, Loyola Matthews, Jens Pulver in his fifth fight. The 500 fighters don't go on this list. Love BJ Penn. He fought whoever they put in front of him, but 16, 14, and two doesn't get you close to Anderson Silva. This is the five seed all day. See, you know, so here's the only thing I would say because listen, BJ Penn's career ended terribly. So did Anderson Silva. He was 33 and four before the Weidman fights, and he finished 34 and 11. The only win he had was over Derek Brunson. Lost to Bisbing, Cormier, Adesanya, Jared Cannonier, and Uriah Hall. Now, obviously, he, he was an all-time great in his prime, which, again, I think is why this is this is an easy one. This is literally all day uh, Anderson Silva. Mm. You agree? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Anderson Silva is one of the all-time greats, and BJ Penn's upper upper tier silva i love bj but he was far too inconsistent yeah again i I mean i i think in doing this i think when you're looking at a guy who's an all-time great as opposed to a guy who's an all-time hey i like that guy and i and i feel like uh again dude that 116 is terrible that this right here greatest we're looking at the greatest of all time versus the greatest of his time maybe yeah, uh, yeah, boy. You could swap this with the 116. I'd be happy about it. But uh, yeah, it's Silva all day. So now we're looking at uh, the four seed here, John Jones, 13 seed, Maurizio Shogun Rua, a former lightweight heavyweight champion. Fought at 205 pounds. Career record, 27 12 and one lost his last fight of his career to Paul Craig. That's how, you know, it was time to hang him up tapped to strike. (laughs) Now here's the problem. I know you hate John Jones. (laughs) I know you probably don't want to, uh, necessarily, um, I, I, your call here. I mean, you're going to have to think on that. Oh, it's John Jones. It is John Jones. I absolutely hate it. Yeah, just because it's John Jones. Uh, man, who was a, who was a good fighter? This you can't you can't take Hua over Jones here though. You just can't. There's not enough there. You know, we just said what we said about DC, and he beat DC, and these two fought each other, and John Jones won. We we can't. How close uh, to 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 their prime was that? Uh, John Jones, 2011, punches and knees in the third round, knocked him out. Um, fight of the year, 2011, knockout of the year, 2011, 27 greatest light heavyweight fight of all time. John Jones beats Ua. We all hate John Jones. Personally, you can't hold his personality against him. Unless you're talking about baseball's Hall of Fame, (laughs) then you can. Um, I joke. All right. Well, that's an easy one. So uh, Bones Jones takes out the Shogun. Here, I like this one. I like this a lot. I like this one a lot. This uh, 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 Demetrius 
Mighty Mouse Johnson and Antonio Rodrigo Nagura. Demetrius, by the way, is the only UFC fighter to record over take 10, uh, take, 10 takedowns of three different fights. I didn't know that. I didn't know that before. Uh, I think this guy's great. Joe Rogan thinks he's the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Johnson. So if you value Joe Rogan's opinion at all. There has at to all. Be an argument there. Yeah, right? You would think so. Uh, career record, 31-4. and four, Lost his last fight to uh, Adriano Marias. Um, lost to Henry Cejudo. I mean, I think that's probably the, the, the big one, uh, the rematch between them. Lost the uh, flyweight championship in that fight. A bigger guy. He just lost a, a Bellator fight to a to a good fighter too, Johnson. Yeah. Now the 14 seed, Lil Nog, Minotauro, the great Antonio Rodrigo Nagara. I feel like if Jace was here, he would be. He would probably. I don't know. I don't want to speculate on what Jace would think. That's hard to do. It hurts my brain. <laughs> Here's the thing. 23 and 10. Again, another one of these guys who, uh, you know, he was 19 and 3. And he lost a lot of fights. He did beat Tito Ortiz. He beat uh, beat Rashard Evans. Couldn't beat Ryan Bader. Had a couple shots at that. And then it, it all ended with losses to Ryan Spann and Maurizio Rua. I think this one's uh, a little more on the obvious side for me. Obviously, I think we're talking Demetrius Johnson here. Oh, absolutely. I'm taking Mighty Mouse all day. And uh, Joe Rogan's got a legitimate argument for him being the greatest of all time, pound for pound. Record speaks for itself. Yeah, better opposition, but inconsistent. Yeah, I'll give Demetrius Johnson the edge here. All right. I like Mighty Mouse here. For sure, <sighs> rough some rough seating, no doubt. The, the some of these can be tough, and 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 it, that this thing's the the one sixteenth. They're really sticking in my crawl now. Yeah. Um, uh, again, you're you're. We literally had to bump an all time great. Uh, speaking of, and I think again, this is going to be one of those where uh, this is a short body of work from Ronda Rousey. She was 12-0, and 0, got blasted by Holly Holm, got blasted by Amanda Nunes, and that was the end of things. Nine submissions and three knockouts in those 12 fights. Obviously a dominator. On the other hand, Chuck Liddell, who I, I think as far as mixed martial arts is concerned, I mean, uh, I, I think when we did our... Uh, we did our Mount Rushmore. I put this guy on there because despite the fact he was 21 and nine, and despite the fact that his career ended uh, pretty much after 2007, other than beating uh, Vanderlei Silva by decision, it, it went poorly losses. to and, and, and again, as I remember, it seemed like a stiff wind could take this guy out. Knocked out by Quentin Jackson, Rashad Evans, Rua, Rich Franklin, and then, of course, 
finished off one more time by Tito Ortiz in 2018, and that was the end of it. But I remember back in 2005, I really hadn't been that into the UFC at that point. Somebody invited me over to watch a pay-per-view. It's Chuck Liddell. Randy Couture. Randy Couture. And I was like, oh, I thought this was guys rolling on the ground, like doing eye pokes and biting. Like, what is this is cool. Um, and I and I started paying attention. Uh, not not as I do today, but I really started paying attention to the UFC because of Chuck Liddell. Uh, and I saw Chuck Liddell. I saw Randy Couture. I guess the Tito Ortiz thing to me, that literally put the sport on the map for a lot of people, including yes. women. You could make the same claim for Ronda Rousey. Right. I mean, again, such a small body of work. It's like trying to judge a, a guy like Sandy Koufax, who retired at 32, or Jim Brown, who retired at 30, Barry Sanders at 31. It's like, boy, the years they had, some of the greatest of all time. If Bo Jackson doesn't blow out his hip. It, all right, dude, there you go. Right. What if Deion Sanders played one of those sports full time? You know, who knows? But. Uh, yeah, that's a really tough call. Chuck put MMA in the map and Ronda put okay, women's I MMA in the map. You're not hinting to who you're taking there, Tony. The sport has evolved so much. Uh, I'm, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, based on the small body of work being as excellent as it was, um, until I think fame and, and I think, I think Ronda Rousey skill wise, pound for pound. Better than Chuck Liddell. I'm also taking Rousey here. Um, love Chuck Liddell, one of the most exciting fighters of all time. Um, but if Rousey never stops taking people down and arm barring them, if she hadn't tried to trade with, uh, yeah, first it was Batch Correa, and I think it had everything to do with what she said about her dad. And then after she knocked her out with her hands, she's like, I can beat whoever, however, and tried to box with a kickboxer. And that was a really, really dumb idea. If she'd kept her wits about her, I'm not sure she's not still undefeated. She lost her head and got caught up in her own hype. And that's fine if you're in the WWE. Um, I mean, the thing that really does it for me is uh, uh, toward the end of Chuck Liddell's career, Chris Rock had a better chin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Rousey. All right, Tony, you took a did you take Rousey too? Ron was better all around, whereas Chuck was more of a straight up pressure fighter and striker. Yeah. All right, good. Uh, Rousey, that's a good one. For Rousey. All right, this is not. This is a great seven ten. This is a great seven ten. This is this is going to require some debate, and that's fine. Fedor Emelianenko. Emelianenko, and Matt Hughes, the 10 seed. Now, uh, Fedor, obviously one of the greats of all time. Uh, fought at 233, big dude. The record, 40 and 6. Another guy, by the way, that lost to Ryan Bader. His last two fights, he knocked out Quentin Jackson and Timothy Johnson beat Chell Sonnen, Frank Mir. Incidentally, 
Lost to a guy who's coming up in a minute, Dan Henderson. He lost to Antonio Silva and Fabrizio Verdum. All in all, though, a great body of work. Fedor, one of the all-time greats. Matt Hughes, on the other hand, had a long career in the welterweight division. Two-time champion. He's a Hall of Famer. However, career record 45-9. and nine. Things were going well. When he beat B.J. Penn in 2006, he was 41-4. and four. He was the welterweight champion of the world. The rest of his career was a, an extremely mixed bag. He lost to St. Pierre twice. Thiago Alves, he beat Matt Serra. Renzo Garci, Ricardo Almeida, and then lost to B.J. Penn. And then you knew it was time to go home when he lost to Josh Koscheck at UFC. 135. I think too, I think when you when you look at again, just for me, I mean Fedor's. I think Jace put Fedor on his Mount Rushmore. It was a stretch, but it did, if I'm not mistaken. I'm gonna say Fedor here. I think Matt Hughes is a is a very worthy adversary, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tip the scales to the seven seed Fedor. Um, Matt Hughes is the only fighter in history that had to be woken up to find out he won a fight. Oh God. Yes. Look that up because it's phenomenal. Yep. Was the guy's name he was fighting. Yep. Uh, they had to wake him up to tell him he won. Both guys were unconscious when the bell rang to end the fight. Beautiful. Uh, but I'm also taking Fedor. Yeah. Body of work. This was the boogeyman of mixed martial arts for a long, long time. It took a minute to get him into the UFC. And had he fell apart making that jump, um, there would be an argument here. But he didn't completely fall apart. Frank Murr, Cheryl Sun, and Quentin Jackson, like he got some decent wins toward the end. And like I said, he was a book. The, the mystique of this guy was huge. Uh, it's Fedor here. Yeah, 100% Fedor. I, I will tell you, you know, uh, the the uh, the Matt Hughes, Frank Trigg, the, the, the second fight where Trigg had him and was trying to put him in the rear naked choke, having had that happen to him in the previous fight. And, uh, and then Matt Hughes got out of it and then did it to him again. Uh, that's what I, when I think of Matt Hughes, I always think of the, the fights with Frank Trigg. Just for that reason, that always just cracked me up. And I wanted to share that because we bid Matt Hughes adieu from the all-time GOAT tournament. Um, I think this one's very easy because I think this number two seed, Khabib Nurmagomedov, is the greatest of all time. Dan Henderson uh, is is certainly great. Uh, a, a, A welterweight champion, a middleweight champion. Uh. He was the oldest UFC fighter when he retired. Uh, that's that's quite a feat. But again, this is a guy who, on the way out, boy, Machida, Evans, Belfort, Cormier, Musasi, Belfort, Bisbing, uh, the only two guys he beat, beat towards the end of his career were, were uh, uh, Botch and Lombard. It, it was uh, a guy who hung around way too long. 
And I and I always feel bad. He he does have a win over Fedor, incidentally, does Dan Anderson. Um, but yeah, I, I, to me, this one's not even close. Obviously, Khabib Nurmagomedov, uh, undefeated, and just as dominant at this sport as you possibly could be. You 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 don't have a. You don't have a chance in the ring against him. He's deceptively strong. He's fast. People want to, you know, again, dude, uh, just just I think of the Gaethje fight where, you know, Gaethje was thinking so much about the takedown and, and then caught a big right to the skull. Uh, he's in he's in your head again, uh, deciding not to break Gaethje's arm and uh, and deciding to put him to sleep. And then I. To be to have the wherewithal in a fight, as we talked about, to do that tells you that Khabib's on a level. Uh, while Dan Henderson, one of the most underrated fighters in MMA history, but I can't think of a time when I ever saw Khabib not in complete control of a fight. Yeah, uh, uh, this one, this should have been the one sixteen. I'll be honest, this would make made a lot more sense. Another candidate for one sixteen. Yeah, Khabib all day. Um, yeah, yeah, I would give Henderson a chance to fight with anyone. All time though, absolutely, dude. He's a he's a he's a warrior. You take a prime Chuck Liddell, he can land something and be anybody on this list. Yep, yep. And I and I believe the same is true of, of Henderson. But uh, Khabib, as dominant as he's been for through every single moment of every fight, yeah, no, this is Khabib. Yep. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break. On the other side. There's there's no actual fights this week, but I did do a tale of the tape, and it'll also be our Who You Got, which we'll break down right after this. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. Last Sunday night, the Oscars were live featuring Will Smith and Chris Rock in the main event. Let's break it down. Chris Rock is 57 years old. He's 5'10", a comedian, actor, writer, producer, and director out of South Carolina. Rock cracked into the business doing stand-up, eventually landing a gig at Saturday Night Live. In 1996, Rock hit stardom with the release of the second of his five comedy specials, Bring the Pain. Rock has hosted the Academy Awards twice in 2005 and in 2016. He's won four Emmy Awards for his television work and three Grammy Awards for Best Comedy Albums. Rock was ranked number five on Comedy Central's list of the 100 greatest stand-ups of all time. 
Will Smith is 53 years old. He stands six foot two and is an actor, producer, and rapper in West Philadelphia, born and raised. On the playground was where Will spent most of his days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing all cool, and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys, who were clearly up to no good, started making trouble in Smith's neighborhood. He literally got in one little fight, his mom got scared, and sent him to live with his auntie and uncle in Bel Air. The Fresh Prince would go on to do several bad boy and men in black films, then he got serious, and now as of 2021, his films have grossed over $9.3 billion globally, making him one of Hollywood's most bankable stars. Can Will Smith bounce back from this incident and restore his reputation? Or will Chris Rock continue to ride the sympathy card, which have tripled the price of tickets on his current comedy tour? Keep following this ever-changing story between Will Smith and Chris Rock, and let's find out. All right, Jared. Uh, the question, who you got, Will Smith or Chris Rock? Let me just tell you this, just on a serious level. I cannot, in, I just keep hearing him say, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. I can't get those words out of my head that that's a thing that happened on live TV. Wow. Anyway, um, that's a great tale of the tape. Had to be done. <laughs> yeah man if we're gonna talk about it sander we gotta figure this all out that, that that qualifies as combat and this is a combat sports podcast so that's that's combat let's i mean let's let's analyze this i i don't know um i would if you'd asked me two weeks ago a week ago i'd have said will smith all day he's got the size advantage got the little bit of experience making ali i would have said will smith however if you slow motion right after that smack what you'll see is and i and i'm really gonna i'm really gonna break this down yes yes here's the breakdown so so you had the slap and you have to remember that I've that I've seen um, hundreds of people get hit for the first time and react. Um, I've seen thousands of people get hit for the thousandth time and react. So um, if you're right handed and this is your power hand, the idea of standing this way is that your power hand generates more momentum before it reaches its target because it has to go across the length of your shoulders. So you stand sideways, create less of a target, right? Throw your right hand straight across. Now, when somebody's fought before and gets smacked in their face, they throw their right foot back for balance because he got smacked on this side. So it would make sense to balance here. Now, someone with zero fight experience who wasn't ready to retaliate, their first instinct would be to switch feet, right? And put their power forward. Right-handed, switch your feet, and whoa, 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 right? What Makes Chris sense. Rock did was adjusted that back foot and the left hand came up. So the biggest problem I have, now I, I was saying to my wife this morning, probably 50 plus times I've smacked somebody open hand in the mouth. And every time it was because I thought they weren't going to fight me. It was a Chris Rock type. I'm not about knocking out the smallest guy in the room. So your open hand and then keep my wife's name out of your mouth. 
right here, right here. You were go if he wanted to retaliate, he would have had to chase down and tackle a man from behind. What a bitch move that is to strike someone in front of all those people and then walk away from them. Okay, because I, I years ago, I would have defended Will Smith and said, you got to put up for yours. Somebody says something like that. But this is a comedian doing his job. And you should understand the situation you're sitting in before you go and do something like that. And if you're going to go gangster, because I could put myself in those shoes and maybe see myself doing something like that. But when I get done smacking someone, I stand there. I'm gonna, I, got a, I got a quick story. Um, I'm at a house party and cops show up. Lots of cops. There's drugs. It's crazy. Everybody scatters. I have a friend named Ian. And his thought is the safest place right now is with Jared. He'll find a good place to hide. He'll know what to say. I gotta find Jared. But Jared would want his girlfriend with him. All good stuff. Good thoughts he was having. Now, what he did was grab my girlfriend, dragged her through a barbed wire fence, and when he couldn't get her loose from the fence, dropped her and ran in the direction he saw me running. And then, <laughs> I'm underneath a rock in someone's yard, snuck on there, perfectly quiet, and I hear, ch -ch -ch -ch, Jared! Jared, here he comes through the woods, making all the noise in the world. I'm right next to him and go, hey, shut up. Look, oh, he's right there. Bring him down to the rock. We hide under the rock. He starts going, I'm scared. Like, dude, if you don't shut that, look. Lights come on in the house. I get up, I run. And when I'm turning around to say, go any direction except for the direction I'm going, cop pulls down. We both got our hands up and I turn to him and I say, I'm gonna slap the shit out of you when the cops leave. We get in the cop car, we're cuffed, we go back to the house, there's another talking to, he's sitting on the table uh, after everything's over and I walk over and I smack him. Real Will Smith, Chris Rock moment. And then I grabbed his shoulders, I put him onto the floor, onto the ground so we were standing face to face and I said, I'd have a lot more respect for you if you hit me back right now. You have no idea how much my respect for you would grow if you fought me right now. You're not going to, and that's why I slapped you. And then we both found other shit to do. So in this, everybody who's out there defending Will Smith and this thug life looking out for my family mentality, that goes out the window when you turn around and walk away. When you're going to make a man retaliate to your back. Watch the half second after the shot in super slow motion. I promise you it was a jab or a check left hook coming from Chris Rock. I don't know if he has any fight experience, but people who don't, don't react like that. If Will had stayed there, it was a jab, a check left hook, or at least a posture that says, I'm not running away from you. And all he had was Will Smith's back. I'm taking Chris Rock in this one. If just because I think it was a bitch move by Will Smith, I'm taking Chris Rock. Um, I, I, yes, I got something I want to show you. 
I think you're going to like this. There it is. Chris looked like he was ready to go. Yep, I've dropped people with slaps. I actually was dropped with a slap once. But yeah, Chris squared up and looked like he was ready to go. Look at the right hand. I have a better picture, and for some reason, I'm struggling to get, to get it up. That came that out wrong. can't be the first time that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I walked into that one. I, I saw that. I saw that a mile away. Yeah, I, I, I can't get this. This isn't a real photo for some reason. I mean, it's a real photo, but it's uh, it's not saving. It's like a J. Oh, here we go. Perfect. I think this is one of those that, that'll show you exactly what you're saying. We just have to wait for Joe to get it up. Story of my life. Uh, All right, here's the photo. It's going to come right up. Let me move the the graphic off there. Look at the right hand. It's cocked and ready to go. Yes, he put his power hand back as someone who would have fought before. Instead of putting his power forward to him to. Sander, look at that fist, though. Look at a posture. He, he got into a fighting stance and saw a man's back and didn't know how to. And he said, I could. I don't know if you, you know, I almost got in an entanglement with Will Smith. Would have been the first thing I said. That's what I would have said. If I'm Chris Rock holding the microphone after that with all those people listening. Wow. Oh. Almost gotten an entanglement with Will Smith. Um, yeah, that. Uh. Um, all right. All in all, serious now, as I, I you're gonna, I think, touch on something else when we do the flurry. Am I right? Oh yeah, I'll be back. Good, back. good, because you know, listen, I like Will Smith a lot, and I'm super like disappointed in all that. If for there's 8,000 reasons to be disappointed. And, you know, when I first saw it, I think my initial inclination was, I, I only saw, I didn't even hear the joke, just him hitting up and walking up and slapping him. And I thought, oh, because, uh, you know, Chris Rock has made a history of, of, of making jokes about Jada Pinkett Smith. And some of them were, uh, uh, some of them were mean. <laughs> that one wasn't, I don't think that one was. So it, joke too, yeah. yeah, I think it was the culmination of like, dude, this guy's always coming at her and he reacted when I watched the whole thing and I watched an uncensored version uh, from a Japanese broadcast. Um, you saw him, you saw her, he laughed, she like rolled her eyes and, and then again, those words, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me and it's like, I don't get it. I don't know if I ever told you this story. My wife and I went to a concert in Boston and we were like, it was Bob Seger. We were up in the rafters and there was a lady and her husband, dude. And we like to stand during shows. These people never sat down. And my wife and that guy's wife got into it. And the guy turned around and said something to my wife about leaving his wife alone. Now, dude, I'm, I'm behind him. So I've, I've got the, the higher leverage clearly. And I leaned down and I said, you turn around again, I will throw you off the fucking balcony. When they left, I swear to God, dude, this guy just shuffled. Never turned to walk down. He just <laughs> shuffled out 
And, you know, my it's, it, we were there with a couple of people, and my wife was like, oh, that was awesome. And I was like, dude, don't put me in that spot. I mean, I'd do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to have to do that. I'm glad that the words were enough and that it didn't have to be anything more than that. I mean, we're at a concert, for Christ's sake. This is not a life or death situation. Yeah. You want that lady to move, and now I got to threaten to throw her husband off a balcony? Come on. We we don't... <laughs> You know what I mean? I didn't even. I hadn't even. I wasn't even drinking that night. You know what I'm saying? I was just be being the sober. Yeah. Yeah. No good. No good. All right. Anyway, uh, let's talk fight of the night. <laughs> there really aren't any. Not Savannah any. Marshall is fighting tonight. She's against... a minus five thousand. Yeah. Um, unless somebody knows something, uh, Femke Hermans, I don't think has any sort of chance here. And I certainly, I mean, what would you have to put down? What would you have to put down to make a dollar profit on Savannah Marshall? Uh, 50. So you would have to bet, you have to bet 5,000 to win a dollar. Is that right? A hundred dollars to win a dollar. Yeah. Savannah Marshall, it's up to 10,000. So a hundred wins you a dollar. Oh, I actually have one of those, though. Ha! This is fun. Okay, so this will count as the puncher's chance, I guess. But uh, here's your your 10-team parlay. <laughs> Erica, uh, o Georgia O'Connor, April Hunter, Maddie Harris, Chloe Watson, Bradley Ray, Savannah Marshall, uh, Kansas, and it's 10 wins you 28. <laughs> you want to win $28 today? There you go. Yeah, that's what I did with today's is just parlay the 10 of them that I think are uh, are good money. All right. Um, we're going to take one more quick break. Oh, uh, my friend Williams fight tonight. There you go, Sander. Oh, uh, right on. That is our fight of the night. That is the fight of the night. Let's go All right, us. gonna take one more quick break. Uh, big charity event coming up. We'll play that, and then uh, Jared's gonna hit us off with that flirt. Come on out for a day of fun to the Cove Kids Classic presented by Clarity. Friday, May 6, 2022, at Lyman Orchards Golf Club to benefit the Cove Center for Grieving Children. Partnership opportunities are available. All proceeds from the Cove Kids Classic support the Cove's free programs. Please consider partnering with us to continue to support grieving children and teens in 2022 and beyond. For more information or questions, call Allison Gamber at 203-634-0500 or email allison at covect.org. The Cove Kids Classic takes place Friday, May 6th at Lyman Orchards Golf Club. Registration begins at 8 a.m. Shotguns start at 9 a.m. on the player course. All right, we are back. A big thank you uh, to our sponsors, JPEX Financial in Glastonbury, Connecticut, as well as Chris Sawyer from Annie Mac home mortgage and uh hopefully people sign up for this golf tournament may 6th at lyman orchards uh we certainly would appreciate that jared jones why don't you get us off with the 
so we've already touched on Will Smith and Chris Rock's little debacle and how I how I believe it was <coughs> a real sucker move on the part of Will Smith um, to say what he had to say from his seat. Anytime you smack somebody, you should say what you have to say to their face. Uh, so this flurries about emotional fragility. Fragile <coughs> masculinity. You know, I think the irony of this whole thing is the fact that G.I. Jane was a movie about a woman abandoning her femininity to expose the fragility of the men around her. Stripping that layer of pseudo-masculinity from the men close to her. So as it turns out, maybe Jade is a perfect person to be cast for G.I. Jane 2, and it has nothing to do with her haircut, but the fact that she's stripping the masculinity from the people around her. Will Smith no longer knows how to react until Jada tells him how. And if your wife's name in another person's mouth is enough to cause a fight, well, I'd love to fight you, Will. I'd love to fight Will Smith. Think about the attraction that would be. I'd be like the, uh, the Cinderella man, right? The Rocky, right? <laughs> so bring it on, Will Smith. Jada Pinkett Smith. Jada Pickett Smith, Jada Pickett Smith, her name's in my mouth, and we still don't have a, a good, solid list of the names that have been in hers. But the point is, do you, bro, you who literally laughed at the joke, looked for her to react, and smacked him, and then she laughed, so you win, right? Then. But every second since then, it sounds like you retired this morning. So if you're done with your acting career, maybe start your boxing career. Jada Pinkett Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith. Fuck you, Will. Thanks, guys. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, locked it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fist of cuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got your missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs